This is our podcast, all of ours. On Yes, a Stripper podcast, we celebrate the stories of sex workers around the world. We inform, we share vulnerably, we learn from each other. No matter who you are, there is an opportunity to learn, laugh, cry, and grow, as sex workers are some of the most incredible people on the planet, and their stories are what the world is obsessed with. Hi, everyone. AMD here. Today's episode is super duper special. This is the first time that we're doing like a topical panel discussion. And we have some people joining us for this discussion as well um, to, to create sort of a community conversation. And hopefully this is the first of several. And um, today I am here with two lovely co-hosts, Lisa and Sinclair. Are you both ready to say hello? Hi. Hi, I'm Lisa Michelle. Awesome. It looks like Sinclair lost connection. So we will say what's up to Sinclair when she comes back, which I'm sure she will. So, oh, you're back. Hi. Say hello. Hey. Hello. (laughs) Sorry about that, guys. No worries. Things happen. So Lisa and Sinclair, can you please share with the audience what your pronouns are? Uh, my pronouns are she, her. Sinclair? She, her. Perfect, perfect. Well, as I said, today's a really special episode. We're saying hello to all of our listeners out there. Thank you so much for joining us. I'd like to preface this episode by saying the following. Lisa Sinclair and myself, none of us are experts uh, in the field of retiring from stripping. We are people who have either retired, are transitioning into retirement, or are thinking about retirement. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of space for this type of conversation. I personally, I had been a stripper for 20 years, and I have never seen a support group. I have never read a book about this. I've never even had like a really in-depth conversation with more than one person about retiring and what retiring looks like. And so the point of this episode today is to open up the doors to this type of conversation and hopefully inspire other strippers to also have these conversations with each other and for us to have like maybe literally a support group of some sort. Um, Not sure what that looks like, but just putting it out there. So just wanted to make sure that we say that up at the top. We are not experts. We are learning and we're learning with you and we're learning together. On this episode, we will be sharing comments that were shared on our Instagram post. And we will also be hearing from participants who are literally coming into the room right now as I'm speaking. Um, So I'm just going to pass the mic and we're going to get started. Uh, The first thing that, well, first of all, really quick, I would just like to also acknowledge the people that have showed up, the participants that are here with us today. And we're really excited to hear your perspectives and your stories and your shares. Um, So thank you so much for being here. What we're going to do is start off with Sinclair, who's going to take it away and tell us why we decided to have this panel today. You ready, Sinclair? Yes. (laughs) Hi, guys. I am Sinclair, and I am from Dallas, Texas. 
and my friend and I, Lisa, were having a conversation a few weeks ago. Very simple, basically bitching about a shift at work. And I think it was uh, my dance partner and I falling out one night. And then a few weeks later, I fell out with my home club. And then just a lot of things just kept happening that were irritating me. And I wasn't making money. And we would have these conversations about retirement and how to get out, how to make a plan. Why would you get out? Why would you stay? Just all kinds of things. And then she brought it to you. And now we're here. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah. Lisa, do you want to like tell the next part of the story since it was you who initiated the phone call? Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, piggybacking onto what you said about how there really isn't any support for this. Um, I, I have been looking for a long time aside from, you know, having a therapist to talk to about it, which usually turns into me educating them on sex work and them just kind of nodding for an hour. Um, there's really nowhere to go about this. So then you and I had a phone call where it came up and I think, you know, I had been feeling quite alone with this and I've been planning to, I've, I've been retiring since I started. So basically that's, that's the, um, the message that we're told by anyone that we tell, we start dancing, that we have to start retiring right away. Um, but you know, I didn't do so successfully. And I always wondered why is this so hard for me? Because there isn't support and there's, there's really no one to guide us on this. And most of the dancers that we, that do retire out, don't have, they don't maintain connection with the, um, you know, the industry. And I think this meeting right here is really important because we need to stay connected with those people, um, that are, you know, a couple steps behind in starting the process and those that have gotten out. So, um, that's why I reached out to you because I know that we've, we're in kind of similar places with that and I've been trying to retire forever. So, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, Sinclair, you're, you're up next for sharing like where you're at, like where, where you're at in the realm of retirement and how you feel about it. And, and please feel free to, you know, share your other thoughts that, um, we all shared with each other on that document. Okay. Um, well, a few months ago I was having nothing but consistent bad nights and, I'll say about a week and a half ago, I've had perfect nights, every single night, nonstop. And it's crazy how like, you know, one month you're feeling this, the next month you're feeling that. You have one foot in the door and the other out. However, I'm learning that retirement has everything to do with your plan and what you want it to mean to you whether that's, you know, the end of work for you, whether you want to start a new business or you want to get into investing, whatever it is, you know, like whatever that means for you. And now that I have, you know, I went through those hard times a couple weeks ago, it really built my character and it really put everything in perspective for me. And now I am motivated to work efficiently, always on schedule, stack and save. And, you know, that's what retirement is for me for now. I am not ready to stop. I love it. 
You know, this is not where I find my power, but I do find power in it. And, you know, I'm still writing the thrill of it. And I'm going to make all the money I can because I feel like they owe me that. And that's period, you know, and I'm going to get everything I can. And until I get everything I can, I'm not going to stop. And this is like been maybe a four year journey for me, two years on full time. So, you know, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love how you've, figured out you and you put it so eloquently because I I think I have had the same thought you you uh articulated but not in such like succinct words which is like what what is define what retirement is for you you know and then move through that space accordingly right yeah that's really tight um and 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 to also piggyback off of what you and and also Lisa something you said to share with our audience this discussion is in no way to like, inc- like to pressure anybody to retire, right? We're not trying to say like, define your exit strategy. And we're not, that's not the type of vibe here. It's more of like, when we're ready, what do we do? Or how do we prepare for it? Right. Um, so I just wanted to, to sort of be clear on that um, because I meant to say it at the top and I forgot. Um, thank you so much for that, Sinclair. Um, Lisa, do you want to go next? Sure. Um, so, you know, in, in my experience in dancing for a long time and seeing a lot of people come and go, most of the time what I've noticed is that like, you don't often choose your retirement. It chooses you. Um, and I've known a lot of dancers that, you know, were just fired without any heads up from the club and, you know, didn't, you know, weren't ready to, to go. Um, I, you know, like since Claire was saying, it's, it's good to plan. And it's, and I, and I hope that if anyone is listening to this or watching this, they, um, it starts getting the wheels turning on being, uh, you know, having preservation about how you want to handle your future, because when we plan for things, we're really gifting our future selves something. Um, and also retirement, like Sinclair was saying, it doesn't, it doesn't have to look like, oh, I'm going to retire with five properties and this and this, like that's one way of doing it. Uh, retirement, I feel like is like a really general term. Uh, it could be career transitioning, you know, like I never knew what I wanted to do. I had a plan sort of on something that I wanted when I got out of retirement, but I didn't know how to get there. And I ended up retiring into getting another degree. <laughs> so, you know, I'm retiring into a new career. I'm career transitioning into something. And um, that, I think that should be talked about too, is like, how do you go from being, um, you know, a, a business, because we are all are a business owner, something that I didn't understand when I started stripping is like, uh, sex work is work, but it's also business. And I didn't know how to, to transition from I am on my own time. And I decide when I stop working when I've made enough money. And then I go do something else to now transitioning to being on a clock. Uh, as an employee or trying to take my independent contractor mentality and apply it to a different industry. So, um, you know, that's something that that I'm currently trying to figure out how to do. Uh, I've gotten very used to being in control of my time. So. Yeah, that's definitely something that I also like, I, you know, my husband is not in control of his time and I'm, I watch it and I'm like, how do y'all live like this? (laughs) 
So <laughs> you got to show up in the morning. You got to work till a certain time. You got to work a certain amount of days. Like you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. And I'm like, man, I don't get it. You know, <laughs> anyway, um, I feel that. Um, so we have a participant who would like to share where they're at in the realm of retirement. Carmen, are you ready to share? Sure. So I guess some background. I've been dancing since 1999, I guess, with the exception of the last two years. I haven't worked since COVID hit. So I'm kind of like in this place where like, um, do I go back? Do I go on a different pathway? Am I too old at this point? Like, how old is too old? Like, so, yeah, so I guess I'm just kind of like at a crossroads now and really trying to figure it out and and really um at this point in time have no idea which which direction to go in. And I miss it. I really miss it and I miss um I miss the money. And <laughs> uh, but just the the yeah, the freedom of of being able to choose when you get to work or where you get to work and, and everything on your terms and not really um, having to work this day at these times if you don't want to, like that kind of thing. So um, I guess that's, that's, I'm kind of unsure at this point. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, I've, I've heard that from so many people um, actually after, right after I had this conversation with Lisa on the phone about retiring, I think the next day I spoke to a friend of mine who's also been dancing since probably around 1999, like you, Carmen, and, and they're like ready to transition out, but just don't really know what to do. And, and when I retired, right, I retired involuntarily. Um, for me, it's been very difficult to, uh, to, to, to realize what other skills that I have that would be as effective in creating revenue stream, like income to live than stripping. Cause I was a stripper for tw- almost for about 20 years. So it's like, it was like my, but my skill, my skill is in pole dancing and selling lap dances and selling a fantasy and charming a room of people that is like my skill. So, so now what, so I should have on the side been developing this other, this other skill this whole time, you know? So I, I really feel the, the, um, the life, the lifers, right. I, if like 99, that's a long time ago, you know, and I started in 2001. So it's, it's like almost on par, you know? And then like, yeah, that's, that's really tough. It's a really tough thing. Um, okay, we have some people coming into the room, so I'm just kind of focusing on that. Uh, I'm going to let them um, connect to audio. Mackenzie, I'm sure you're listening, so you can um, uh, make a note to cut this part out. Okay, so we've had a couple. Oh my gosh! Hi, look at that cutie. Oh, sickening! Jesus, he's a monster. So I would like to share my retirement story. So I am fully retired from stripping, fully retired. I don't go to the clubs. I don't do it online anymore. 
So the reason I stopped dancing at the clubs is I was not ready to stop dancing. I was actually for the first time really killing it as far as like understanding my finances, making sure my taxes were paid, putting money away, um, finding all kinds of ways to save money, like doing like rituals. Like I would count how much money in my head I wanted to make on the way to work. Like, and I would do it three times in a row, like as an affirmation. Um, so I was really, really focused on just being, just being smarter with my money, like really adulting with my money. Right. And so then uh, I was driving my motor scooter through the streets of LA. I got hit by a car and that car smashed into my left foot and trigger warning. There's some, uh, trauma that happened to me. Um, my, all five of my toes and the ball of my foot were amputated on impact between the car and the motor scooter. And I remember as I was laying in the street, thinking to myself, I'm not going to be able to go to work tomorrow night, (laughs) not realizing that my half of my foot had been amputated. Now, eventually that led to um, a below the knee amputation. So now I'm a below the knee amputee. Um, and it's hard enough walking around for a few hours in my home in flat shoes, which I do often, but wearing eight inch heels, which I'm also capable of doing, but for that long would be very challenging. Um, so something that I think upset me the most about my forced retirement wasn't the fact that I actually had to stop dancing, even though that was very difficult, but it was the day that I called the disability office. And I was um, inquiring about how much disability I would receive for what had happened to me. And the response that I got was, I'm not eligible for disability because in order to be eligible for disability, workers' comp um, and unemployment means that you have to be paying into those insurance programs. Now, I thought as a taxpaying citizen that I would be you know, those, those things would be available to me automatically. The reason why I like to share that part of the story is because as independent contractors and like Lisa said, we're business owners. That is a responsibility of ours to pay into those insurance programs, to be able to have access to those things. Now, if I didn't lose my leg, my body was getting trashed from the work I was doing. And there, if I got disabled from doing something crazy on the pole, if I needed workman's comp because I fell or something like that, I, I wouldn't have, I still wouldn't have had access to those things. So I like to share that story as a way to let people know, like, yes, my accident was crazy random, but I was literally one of those people where I was like, that will never happen to me. I will be fine forever. And now I'm not. And so it's just sort of like, as a part of the plan of taking care of yourself to exit when you're ready, there are these things that we need to do that we're not taught to do as independent contractors and business owners. Um, so then to finish the story, I then I was dancing online for a little bit. And to be real, I just couldn't do it. I just, I love being in person. I love being with the people. I didn't like being online. It just didn't suit me. Um, and so I eventually stopped. And then I struggled with my identity 
because I was so connected to the identity of AM the stripper that I lost like favor of myself. Like I, I started to not believe that I was sexy anymore, not believe that I was hot because no one was feeding my ego anymore, (laughs) you know? So I was like, I literally have, and I still am experiencing this. Who am I? What am I? What, what is my worth? So those are some things that um, I've, I've been thinking about. Does anyone have any thoughts on that? Maybe because I, I think I'm not the only one. I think that this is something that a lot of us struggle with when we're quitting or thinking about quitting. I think what you said about, um, you know, just finding the right insurances and, you know, finding the right contingency plans when you do need that, that, you know, is a process that does need to happen. And I think it doesn't happen for a lot of us because, you know, not only is it scary to figure out, but it kind of like, I don't want to say it connotates retirement, but it's like, I don't know, everything, I don't want to say comes to us easily in this job, but sometimes it is hard to think of it as, you know, a business. And I think you really do have to have that switch for you to think like that. That way you can, you know, sign up for those things and be prepared for that when those things do happen. But however, what happened to you, unfortunately, you know, I, I couldn't even imagine. And that is one of my biggest fears is, you know, discovering too much identity within this job when at the end of the day, this isn't what I essentially wanted to do. But I think it's extremely powerful that you even got yourself out of that because I think that's a fear that all of us, you know, have. And it's something that we all struggle with every single day, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. And I don't know how to not struggle with that other than time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Lisa, were you going to say something? Yeah. um, Two things. One about um, how to to protect yourself um, and also about the identity thing. So um, your story actually inspired me, you know, I, for years of dancing, I always worked with like half-ass accountants and I didn't know you know, that they, they didn't really care about my future. They're just like, here's this one you pay. Okay. And then, um, I got connected with a good accountant who also advised me a little bit on finances. And he, um, he saved my life because, um, in 2019, uh, you know, uh, I had just incorporated myself. He set me up as an escort as a pass through corporation. So I was able to pay a little bit less on my taxes and then hire myself as a, as a, um, a W-2 worker of my own corporation. So basically like subcon- subcontracting through the club that I worked through. Um, all of my taxes went through my incorporation and then I paid myself from my business bank account. So because I did that and my accountant set me up to pay my quarterly taxes, um, I was able to collect unemployment and pay into other benefits as a stripper. And when um, March of 2020 rolled around, my accountant called me and said, hey, we need to put all of your earnings into quarter four of 2019, everything you made so that you can collect unemployment. And because he did that, I sat at home for a year and a half and collected unemployment as a stripper, which allowed me to go to grad school. So, um, you know, know, this is the one piece of advice I have for anyone that's listening or watching today. 
find a good accountant and make sure because we are contractors at clubs, I'm pretty sure none of us is working as at a club as a W-2 employee. You want to pay yourself as an employee of your own company, your own business. So that way you get those benefits that we are missing out on that everyone else in the nine to five world gets. Um, and then that way we can protect ourselves a little bit more in the event that something bad happens because eventually something will happen. It happened to me. I got sick with autoimmune disease. I had sprained muscles and joints. I missed work for weeks at a time. It affected my finances for almost two years. So, you know, if you're dancing long enough or even a month, well, you know, you could just cross the street one day, you know, like what happened to Emory and that's it. So we want to make sure that we always have ourselves protected. And then, um, you know, about identity. I also went through this because my club let me go after the quarantine started. Um, and it was very sudden. I went back to audition and then they didn't rehire me and I was in shock and I went through a total flip of like, who am I? Like, I don't even know my personality anymore because I'm so used to being a chameleon to other people and, you know, not just customers, but to people that in my, in my daily life that are close to me, I have other faces that I wear because of stigma. I feel okay in certain circles, sharing parts about my stripper life and others I can't. So there's many, many tiers of identity that we have. Um, what was helpful for me is I, I got a really good therapist and I went through several <laughs> to get the right one. And we, we had like a couple sessions of talking about like my stripper funeral and like putting that person to rest and all the things that like represented her and putting some of that stuff in a box and just being like, okay, you're gone. Um, but then I ended up going back to work anyway, because I had to. So now I have like resurrected, I guess I'm like a zombie stripper. Now I have this old personality that's come back in a very different way. But um, having that time away, I got to sit and just meditate on like what it was that made that character work for me and what that character's values were that matched with my real self. And now I can take my values as a human that are real to me and I can incorporate that into my new character work and it makes it a lot easier to go to work. So in this sort of weird way, stripping down all that other stuff from my old life really helped me to start my resurrection of being a stripper again at 40. Well, wow, that's so interesting. That's so interesting. And and I think a lot of us, because I definitely have, have tried to quit before and then went back. So I think that's a really common thing. Um, so um, my next idea is, well, not my idea, but the next thing we would like to do is um, I'm going to share in the chat this document um, that has comments that we've collected from Instagram for this particular episode. I'm just waiting for this to load. Here we go. So I'm going to get this link for you in the comments right now, um, because we'd like to have a discussion around these comments, copy link, paste link, boom, nailed it. All right, there you go. That is in Zijet. Um, and I figure we'll just start at the top. I copied and pasted these in order that they appeared on the post. Um, what do you say, Lisa Sinclair? Sound good? Start at the top. Yeah. So since I'm unmuted and speaking currently, um, Sinclair, were you going to say something? Oh, no. Okay, cool. So what we're going to do is how about like I read one, um, then like Lisa read one, Sinclair read one, something like that. Sound good to everybody? Thumbs up. Yeah. 
Thank you. Okay. The first one is a longer one. So I'm going to read this now as with any transition from sex work, the topic of reconditioning should come into play. We have to stay quiet about our pasts. We no longer have control over our schedule or the opposite. Also, I would suggest seeking therapy for this transition. Sex workers, regardless of what kind comes with some edge, colon, trauma, behavioral patterns, etc. We have to be prepared to deal with a demographic that has control over our new environment and who will never fully understand where we came from. Select the strategy that works best. For most of us, cutting back works best so we can learn what it's like to work square again. Now, this was written by Sater Gray, a past guest of Yes, a Stripper podcast. Um, Any thoughts on that comment? I think, well, I do agree with the therapy because there are, you know, I don't want to say trauma for everyone, but there's definitely an edge behind this kind of work and it is not for the weak at all. (laughs) So it, you know, it is very important to seek therapy. And if you're not ready for therapy, you know, the, the talk about it, you know, talking about it is a good step, but therapy is the goal and you should be in therapy in general. You know, it's not a bad thing. So it's, you know, useful for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. I can't agree more. Everyone should be in therapy. 100%. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But, uh, Lisa? Um, you know, uh, it's great to have a therapist, but I, like I mentioned before, it took me a long time to find a therapist that understood sex work. And even currently, you know, um, like I'm on Medicaid, I only get like my choice most of the time. Um, I just got lucky that I happened to meet someone that was very understanding of countercultures and, um, was able just to listen. And sometimes it's not even like, you know, trying to get advice, but, um, I'm just someone that can be sympathetic and understand. And that even in the, the world of therapy, that can be hard to find. Um, it is almost, it's exhausting because it's, it turns into labor for the patient where we have to explain sometimes to the therapist, like, this is what I deal with. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think that's going to change because I think more therapists are becoming understanding of like, this is a specialized training that needs to happen. Um, I know in Chicago, there was like, um, there was a worker that put together like a list of organizations that offer services, uh, specifically provided by sex workers that have transitioned like into being therapists or, you know, into other industries for us. So, um, um, and that was called the pros network. I don't know if there's, if that's extended beyond Chicago, but, you know, I think there needs to be more things like that, that are targeted to directly helping us. Because anyone that hasn't done this type of work, even if they they are empathetic, they're not really going to understand. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had therapists that you know try to understand. I have friends that try to understand, but they're never really going to get it unless if they've done it themselves. So um, that being said, um, you know one of the, the, the silver linings to leaving the industry is that we get to take what this is. What I think for most of us is it's like a passion and and even like a purpose in life, and we get to translate that purpose into 
wherever we go next. If you want to be a therapist or if you want to work in tech or whatever, um, we do have a place. We belong in other places because we're meant to represent um, ourselves and those that come after us. So sometimes I, you know, transitioning out, I have conversations with people in my new industry and I confide in them. This is my past experience. And I've gotten the typical misogynistic stuff, you know, and it, it results in a phone call to my therapist right away or crying. You know, um, But, you know, as hard as it is, like we have to stand through that and represent because there will be someone that's going to come into the company that we work at next and be like afraid. It's happened where I've left the industry for a while and, and I worked at a different place. And then I said something to someone and one of my coworkers and she was like, oh, I used to be a sex worker too. You know, it's like, you never really know. So, um, yeah, therapy, totally. We need it. We need it so much. And we need therapists that have done work themselves. Yeah, totally. Is, is there anyone else that wants to share um, what we're talking about? Carmen, go for it. Um, I like the part about, about the cutting back. So the the culture shock of working somewhere else that's not a strip club was like overwhelming to me. It still is. Like I still like I'm working like a non stripper job right now. And it's like, I go to work and I'm, I'm just some days I'm just like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Cause it's not, it's just a different type of people. Everything is different. Everything about it is, is, is different. And I wasn't prepared for that, for that, the culture shock of this new new environment and um i think it would have been better for me to like have kind of a taste of what that was before i completely stopped so that um i think it would have given me a better idea of what i actually want to do yeah i don't know why i got emotional when you were talking about the culture shock, I don't know why, but there was something that really resonated for me right there. Yeah. I think that's like probably pretty big for a lot of strippers, sex workers. That's the only thing I'm afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. Just that. Yeah. What is... I guess the only, the best solution is like what Sinclair says, therapy. <laughs> Will that help us? <laughs> it's not for the week. <laughs> we got it. Um, uh, I think, um, Lisa, I, I want you to take the next one because you you brought it up in our pre-meeting um, that you really like this one. So um, do you want to read the one um, from written by Alicia with an A? Yeah. Okay. Um, Alicia with an A says, I think it would be important the people, organizations that want to hear your quote uh, story and use you as a poster child for their BS charities. Um, so this this happened to me when I was working um, at my last club a couple years ago. There was someone that came in that was um, had was former sex worker had started her own organization to help sex workers get out. Um, so like a halfway house type of situation, and um, it, it was um, religiously affiliated, which 
me personally should have been a red flag. Um, but, but I, I was talking with her and, you know, she was, uh, really like pushing on like the victim thing, like your victim thing and all, you know, all that stuff. And, um, it's just, it's so, it's so wild to think about it, but there are people out there that profit off of us retelling our story in this way that makes it sound like we're a victim. Um, like, Ugh, capitalism, even in like nonprofits, like that's a thing. Um, and I was just like, listening to a podcast yesterday about porn and how Linda Lovelace like later recanted, like doing deep throat. And, you know, obviously like there was like abuse in that situation, but have been taken advantage of by um, uh, Gloria Steinem's like, you know, whole thing, like the women against porn thing, WAP. Um, <laughs> so like um, just that, that whole thing of, we're, we're sort of preyed upon to then sort of make, you know, to, to just reinforce this idea that anyone that's doing sex work is a victim and that they must be saved. And like this whole organization is meant to take charity and donations to, to get us out of that. We have to be really careful because we're in that transition. You could be, you could be very sensitive. You could be ready to go at that time. I was ready to go. My body was hurting. I wanted out. Like I couldn't sleep at night. I wanted to go. And that person saw me at just the right moment and wanted to take advantage of that to make her save the sex workers organization look good. And um, that's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. But I, I love that the person that whoever said that brought that up because that's real. And if you've ever worked in a club long enough, you'll see those ladies come in with like their cookies and their nail polish and stuff. And they, they just want to talk to you. Um, but, you know, there is um, ulterior motive a lot of times. So. <laughs> We have uh, one of our participants in the chat agreeing with what you're saying, um, you know, because this is uh, something that has happened to, to multiple of us. So, yeah. And I, I think we've all seen those ladies come by with the little gift bags. I was always pretty nice to them. I knew their agenda, but I wanted that free lip gloss. So I always <laughs> took the bag very happily, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, that is definitely something to, to watch out for. Um, especially if you haven't come across it yet and, and you don't know that there are groups like this out there. Yeah. So for, for new strippers out there, if you haven't heard about this, this is definitely a thing to look out for is people trying to like support groups that, um, are basically trying to convert you and convince you what you've been doing is wrong and to never do it again, et cetera. It's not real help. So just keep an eye out for that. Um, okay. Sinclair, are you, how do you feel about, um, reading the next one? Doesn't it, seems sometimes like stripper retirement just means getting a closed job at face. I hope not. As in, I hope you can retire like so many dream of doing. Though these days, even in civil sector, it seems that many keep working after they retire just to make sure they'll have enough. Mm. Farley, you know. Yeesh. Well, I mean, a close job. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think about that last sentence? 
though these days, even in in a, I think they meant in, in a civilian sector, it seems that many keep working after they retire just to make sure they'll have enough. That's why I took a, a little pause. Um, you know, even if you're not dancing, I think this is something that every civilian thinks. And, you know, the stigmas and the negative connotations that shipping have just kind of speaks in the last sentence because, you know, it is obviously a little hard to stop after. And, you know, with the kind of money we, that we do make, it is easy to get off track or to not have, you know, consistency. So, you know, as far as having enough, that is different for everyone. And retirement may not you know, just come to it being about money. It could be an array of things. So even if you do come to a situation of where you do have to retire and you don't have enough, I think that has nothing to do with the choice of your career. It's just more situational. And, you know, we are blessed enough to be able to work anywhere in this country as an independent contractor, employee, wherever, and make what we need. So if anything, you know, that kind of, um, it should just be more open if that makes sense. Does that make sense a little bit? Yeah. Yes. I hear you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's just a, a no-brainer but that comes with anything you do however because we dance we do have the benefit of structuring that however we want so if anything we have the upper hand so that may be a question versus you know something else you know maybe for a professional dancer like that's what I do for real that's what I went to school for that's more of a question that I would ask for that than this you know, right. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Anyone else thoughts? So uh, just adding on to that, the fact that we can experience the same type of problems that anyone retiring from some job in any sector is going to have, and then decide, Oh, I didn't, I don't have enough. I'm going to go get like a little part-time job as a retired person, just so that I can live a little bit more comfortably. The fact that our issues as strippers exist along with any other workers issues totally legitimizes <laughs> that this is like a typical job. <laughs> it's an actual typical job. We have the same problems that other type of workers have, except we're treated so shamed for having those problems. Um, shamed for, you know, I often feel very shamed for, for not owning like a bunch of properties. Like what you made so much money. Why don't you have all the, why aren't you retired at 40? Why aren't you just done work? There's like this like glamorized stripper, like paradise where you're just like, I just kick my feet up and I'm done working forever. I mean, sure. That would be great if like nothing bad ever happened to me and every dollar was completely saved or I didn't have, you know, um, but that's just not the case. And just kind of want to say like, you could be anybody from any industry and just, trip across the wrong twig on the street and anything could happen to you and totally change like what you thought your life savings, your retirement would look, would look like. And, um, 
people need to understand that like you're not an unsuccessful stripper because it didn't look like you're a millionaire at 50. Yeah, I've definitely shamed myself for not having houses. Still shaming. You know, like a lot of this goes along with like, uh, you know, social media, um, the way it glorifies like the the stripper lifestyle. Um, I mean, how much of that is real? How much of that, like what we're seeing is, is, you know, the reality and how much of it is put on, you know, for the purposes of selling, selling stripper content or things outside of the club. It's, it's getting like very blurry, like where reality is. Anybody else want to share? I figured we'd read one more before we close out because we have two, but I figured we'd just pick one so as to not overkill. Um, I'm going to read the second part of Shanna's comment. Just checking in on you all. Okay. If you spend 10 years as a stripper and then decide to do something else, you're not retiring, you're changing careers. Making women feel old in their 30s is not a message that we need to continue to put out in the world. The foundation of the problem is being lied to that a certain that at a certain age we're too old to be sexy. I believe the concept of the MILF or mommy being the largest seller in porn on the on the planet. It is good enough. It's actually great and it is a career. Meaning I I believe what they're saying is we can still do this well into our late age. Right. So when I, um, quit stripping because of the accident, I was 38 years old and I was fully prepared to keep going for like, I would, I could have done it for another five to 10 years. If my body wasn't like, my body was pretty angry already. Let's be real. But, um, I have to agree with, and especially with, you know, OnlyFans and online now being an option, there is plenty of want. And, and it's unfortunate that it's really hard to keep a job inside of a club once you've passed a certain age threshold, because our club owners are ageist as fuck amongst many other things. And so that's not by our choice that we're not in the club past a certain age. That is by management's choice. Right. However, it still is possible to continue a career as a stripper. It just will look different unless, of course, we fight for our rights <laughs> and <laughs> unionize and shit like that. But that's like a whole other topic. <laughs> but until that changes, the reality is that we're having to do these things. And I also don't believe and I just want to state for the record that I believe that we can continue doing this type of work for as long as we want to, no matter what age we are, that there will always be an audience. Um, and I also really appreciate, um, the sentence. Um, if you spend 10 years as a stripper and then decide to do something else, you're not retiring, you're changing careers. Yes, I agree with that. However, however, stripping is so unique And it feels like leaving something really massive behind. Yes, it's a career change. But for me personally, having danced at the point where I got hit by the car only for 18 and a half years, it felt like nothing else in my life transition-wise. It felt really, really big. It didn't feel like a career change. And it wasn't just because I lost part of my body. It was because I lost 
something that I was so deeply immersed in and connected to for so long. Any thoughts? Um, yeah, I can jump on with that. <laughs> I, uh, you know, when people ask me like, what was like one of the most important moments of your life? I always tell them, oh, amateur night when I won becoming a stripper, because, um, it's, it's like, you're saying it's not, it's not just a regular career. Like we, we become a different person. You develop a different personality in doing this. So, um, well, yes, we're, we're career changing. You're also retiring um, a, a lifestyle and another person that exists, like you're retiring that person, even though you may go on to work another job and career change. Um, and, and just, you know, about the thing about age, yes, clubs are ageist and it, it kills me because, uh, the managers always want to like, you know, fire them. Like once you're, you know, you hit over 35 or like you're out of here, several dancers I worked with just recently got fired all at the same time. You know, all of us for being too old. Um, and what's crazy about the whole thing is like customers are looking for, you know, like mature dancers or seasoned dancers, veteran dancers. Um, and it's, they could go right over to OnlyFans and make just as much business. Um, but like, what if you don't want to do OnlyFans? What if like you're saying the personal interaction being around real humans is what you like? It's not fair. Um, and I think that's going to change. Like you're saying, unionizing, speaking up, getting, getting customers, getting the public on page, with what we're saying and that clubs need to reform, or we need to start our own clubs, our own unions to change these roles and make it so that anyone that has the desire and passion to dance and be naked in front of other people that want to see them naked, like we should be able to do that no matter what you look like, what your age is, where you're from. Yeah. Um, where I used to dance in Key West, the top money earners were the older women. And at some point, they were the only ones making money. And I think, you know, there is no cap on an age of, to like where you should stop dancing. I think it's more of an issue of like what, what you guys said, finding, you know, clubs that allow um older dancers but you know they're out there and they're very much so killing it and still killing it and you know it's up to you to decide you know how old do you want to become you know i think it, i don't want to say it's a hundred percent a mindset but like in the club it's all a mindset you know i mean we're using different names you know, and when you do decide to stop, it's, you know, it is like a breakup and you do have to adjust and you do have to find new patterns. And, you know, with the alias where you made so much money, the alias who got paid 3K for dinners, you know, like that is someone who's going to inspire you and keep you high for the rest of your life. And, you know, that's the beauty of this job. And it's up to us to embrace that and to channel it into something powerful and even bigger because this industry has so much potential to like help women all over because, you know, girls get in, they get their money, they get out, boom, they're successful, but they don't come back to help. And I think that's the only thing that we need. So. That's so good. You're so right. You're so right. I like got chills all over my body 
they don't come back to help. You're right. No, like Lisa, literally, like in tears right now. Like, literally came from nowhere. I think I found her on fucking Instagram, and I was being a little rat asking about Ricks. How is it? How is it? How is it? And she just gave me a thorough like essay on how it was and I'm like boom I don't know you but I'm coming and we've been friends ever since we'll check in she's taught me so much and she's such a huge pillar in this community and she matters and I'm really excited to see what both of you guys are going to do because you know this is something that I'm just now starting but I'm excited to help other women because just a few weeks ago I felt lost And now I feel purpose, big purpose with a big bag. (laughs) So thank you. Thank you for sharing. (laughs) Thank you so much. Um, Like for me, um, you know, I didn't get like those typical things that we're supposed to get that qualify us as being successful in society but my success comes from watching new dancers get the opportunities that I didn't get um it's really interesting to see like with social media like you can get financial advice on TikTok and Instagram like there's the information is so rapid now and um it's really cool to see veteran dancers like putting stuff out there and um when I I remember having a couple moments when I was in the club and I would hear baby strippers talking in the background the dressing room about something someone said and getting really frustrated. I'm not going back down there. And I'm like, I know the answer to that. I know. Like, why am I just sitting on this? Like, I should just like share this because they could make a lot more. Like they could go buy that house or, you know, um, it feels really good to be able to give that because that to me, when I go to my grave, that's going to matter more to me than like owning a boat or something. Like, <laughs> I don't care about that stuff. Um. Yeah. Oh, go ahead, Sinclair. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just yelling. <laughs> um, before we close out, because we've almost, we're three minutes under an hour of recording, and I was hoping to keep this at an hour today. I just want to check in and see if anybody wanted to share, and then also make sure Lisa and Sinclair, is there anything that we forgot to share that you think would be important to talk about? Um. Not until next time. <laughs> yeah, who Hello? knows? Maybe there would be a part two, depending on how our listeners feel about this, right? Never know. <laughs> so, yeah, I, uh-huh. I I would be interested to um, to hear if anyone is is looking for support groups. Um, when the pandemic started, and I was retired, fired, and retired, <laughs> I was looking for a support group, and I did find one, but it was more for um, people that were currently like getting into the industry or, you know, just dealing with like the typical, you know, operations of business type stuff. And I was the only one that was considered retiring or veteran in the group. And it kind of turned into, um, you know, like me just not getting the support that I needed. Um, and, you know, just circling back to where we started with this, it's not a lot of support on this topic. I think if, if we, if we do have people out there, want this would be really great to to have meetings on it and to keep it going um because i do believe like looking into the future by talking about the problems that currently exist we can change that 
change that together and, and create success. Because when we all get together and we put our best ideas together, we'll all come out more successful. We can all get those businesses or whatever those dreams are, and then be the people at the top changing the stigma yeah. and make, making it better for everyone that comes after us. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes. Am I there? Oh, hey. Okay. Um, hi. I closed the door. Hi. It's it's uh, Faya. Um, hi. hi. Um, yeah, I had to close the door because I live with someone. I, I, I had mentioned my assault daddy. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So um, I do agree. There needs to be some kind of support group for us that wants to get back in or um, we need to get back in. Um, I, I totally agree with the cold culture shock of going back to a regular job it definitely was a shock for me and um i hate i eventually i hated it i went through the stripper withdrawal thing and um but now i'm just ready to go back because just a warning for everybody if before you quit just know that these jobs out here are especially because of the pandemic it's really crazy. Like if you're working in a retail store, the stuff I had to go through is just nuts. So just, you know, just keep that in mind that how these managers are, how the jobs are, just keep in mind. I know stripping is not perfect, but once you go back to a regular job, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's something it's yeah. You might be running back. So I just wanted to share that part. Thank you so much for, for sharing. Yeah, and for being here. Thank you for that. Yeah. The real world. I just got to add on to that because, like, <laughs> if, if stripping is supposedly so degrading, um, why is it like, why is it that when strippers, you know, leave the industry and go work at, you know, I don't know, retail, right? Or just doing like a regular, nine to five, we're just disgusted by how horribly we're treated. <laughs> like, you guys got it the nine to five world is scary and very degrading. Like, come to it our is. side. <laughs> it is. Well, put it this way. I couldn't even get an apartment because my paycheck wasn't enough, but it's a straight job. Oh, you know, but when I was a dancer, I could get an apartment. So weigh that one. You know what I mean? That's that's crazy. So yeah. 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 Thank you. So good. Such a good way to close too. I think that this was really great. I really appreciate this conversation. How how are you all feeling about how this is going? Went. I yeah. loved it. Therapy. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is very cool. Well, um, is there any closing thoughts from anyone? Is there some like burning thought or question that we can close with or question to maybe the people who are listening? Is there something that we want to put out to the listeners that will be hearing this um, later this month? Um, I'll leave my um, social media stuff. If you're struggling and you don't know what to do, just DM me. Um, my Instagram is the tip rail. It's the underscore tip underscore rail. Or you can also message me on my other, my dancing account, pull your heart out. 
uh, anything like don't sit in the dark. Don't isolate. Like we're here to support each other. Okay. Sinclair. Well, this was definitely free therapy for me. I will leave my social media in the comments as well. And this is a good on the way to coming out step for me. <laughs> so cheers. Carmen. Um, I just want to thank you all for starting a conversation on this. Like it's a conversation that I feel, um, I guess, as we said at the beginning, that just doesn't happen. And um, I'm just so happy that um, we're out here having a dialogue about it. So thanks. Thanks for being here. So uh, happy. Thanks for sharing. Uh, Faye, did you want to say something? Definitely. I want to give us a shout out to the veteran dancers, to all of us, uh, because we're not in social media a lot. And I'm so glad that we are coming together and we need more diversity like this, you know, in social media, like the dancers in different parts of their lives, not just everyone 25 and under that's, you know, doing money count videos. No, we need more like this. Some of us that are 30s, you know, that's that's been doing it for a while. So I'm glad that this we're doing this and you put this cast together. So that's great. Thumbs up. Thank you so much. Well, the cast yeah. came to me, Sinclair and Lisa. <laughs> Brilliant. Mm -hmm. Thank you for coming to me and for doing this with me. And thank you to everyone that have participated today, this went so much better than I imagined. I didn't know what to expect. So I'm just so pleased. And I, I truly hope that our audience learned a lot, gained a lot and um, have some things to think about. And please let us know what you think about this episode. And please comment when we make the posts about it so that we know, was this helpful? Is it, could you use more of this? And um, yes. Yeah. And, and, and let us know what else would be helpful as well. Cause, um, I'm just loving this format and so grateful to everyone. Um, and so grateful to our producer for being here today and working so hard behind the scenes. So, yeah, I think with that, we're going to sign off for the day and, um, dream about a part two, if that's something that's in the cards. Bye everyone. Thanks for listening. Okay, Bye. Thank you. Thank you for absorbing this episode of Yes, a Stripper podcast. We love your listening. Yes, a Stripper podcast is produced by Period Podcast Network. Please like, rate, and subscribe to our podcast. And please consider donating to help keep this podcast alive. Send your love to paypal.me forward slash yes, a stripper podcast. And that's on period. Network. <laughs>